Welcome to Revenue Jam, powered by Sales Assembly. With monthly live sessions, interviews with our executive team, and exclusive conversations with revenue leaders across B2B tech, this podcast is guaranteed to help you close the skill gaps across your entire go-to-market team. If you're looking for weekly, relevant, and timely content like this, go ahead and subscribe. Let's get into this episode. A great customer is somebody who buys your product, gets value from it, and stays with you for the long term. We're going to talk all about defining your ideal customer profile in today's episode of Closing Time. I'm Chip House, the CMO at Insightly CRM, and I'm joined today by Brad Rosen, President of Sales Assembly. Welcome to the show, Brad. Great to be here. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, absolutely. So, hey, before we launch in, Brad, can you tell me more about Sales Assembly and what you guys do? Yeah, we uh, do elevated learning and development for go-to-market teams. So we've recognized that a lot of folks that are going to market typically train their teams on their product and their process. And a lot of times there are foundational skill gaps that are really hard to train because you don't have the resources and potentially even the expertise in-house to train across your whole go-to-market team, things like BDR, AE, CSM, RevOps, and being able to do that well. And so we really fill those skill gaps and make sure that folks have the foundations they need to be effective at their roles. Yeah, it makes a ton of sense. And so you're a perfect person to have this discussion with, frankly, because <laughs> we, at Insightly, we talk a lot about alignment between sales and marketing. And you know, if you asked me what what's one of the first things that you need to do when you're working with your sales counterparts if you're in a marketing role and it's define who you sell to and be crystal crystal clear about your ideal customer profile or your icp early on at a company like if you're in a startup this may be difficult because you don't you have an idea of who who you sell to maybe but you don't have any customers to, to go on so what, what are some of the methods that you've seen work for early stage companies for def- defining the ICP? Yeah, um, I think really early on, you're just trying to, like you said, get some sales in the door, get some revenue, make sure that you're building a customer base and also getting that feedback from those customers, like what's working, what's not. Um, and then when you start to have some of that product market fit, you have a little bit of foundation. Then I think you really need to start to look at some of the data and understand, okay, here's some of the customers that this is working for. Why is it working? And what? It, how can we replicate that across different verticals, different company sizes, different industries, things like that? And so we want to look at things like how quickly are they able to buy? So conversions within the funnel, um, how much are they spending? And then also, like, are we retaining those customers? A lot of times we think about you know, ICP as far as like signing up customers, but we also need to close that loop on the retention metrics. And are we able to upsell them and kind of the NRR focus to make sure that long term, we're seeing the most value out of those customers. And I also think that like, when we say ideal, (laughs) that's kind of an interesting word, right? Like, ideally, I'd be selling $10 million (laughs) deals to Salesforce, right? (laughs) Right. Um, But we're not there yet. So there's kind of this process to getting there. If you do believe that you're an enterprise product, you may start just selling to the enterprise, but you have to have different expectations and some more ramp time to get there. Um, many other products typically start in the SMB and mid-market and then work their way up to the enterprise if they, they want to and they can. Yeah. So, I mean, you said a couple of things there. And, and one piece of that I think is super important is, do they get value out of your product, right? And if you're early stage, you might not know that, but that truly is the ideal customer profile. It's sort of the match of, who wants your product, and it actually serves them well, your capabilities with with their needs. 
And so, you know, early on, you may not know that. I mean, we're, I guess, lucky enough, we've been uh, in the CRM market for over 10 years, right? And so we have a large number of customers that use the product and we have a pretty good idea for who gets value from our platform. And, and so we try to speak to them. You know, when you're working with a new company, you know, um, what are what are the top things you think about relative to ICP? Is it is it the the size of the company? Is it the stage of the company? Is it maybe the technographics, like what tools they own? All those things yeah. are important important to me. Yeah, they they absolutely are. And I think one thing you touched on that's super important is like, are these folks seeing value from your product? Because typically, what happens early on at a company. We call up our old friends, our old coworkers, folks we know, maybe people we've worked with in the past, and they typically become our first customers, right? Not just like they're doing it as a favor, but it's more like they're, they're folks you know. And so as we know, those sales cycles can be much shorter. And so is someone signing up and seeing value because you have a good relationship with them or because they actually love your product and it's perfect for their company and they're seeing value? Because relationships don't scale, unfortunately. I mean, they do to some extent, but like ultimately you're going to have to get outside of your relationship bubble to be able to grow your company. And so actually digging into these are good customers because they love our product is super important. And then when we get to the idea around what are the things we should look at for ICP, I think of like three things. There are three Ps actually. So like the first is people. Who are the people on your team that are actually going to market? And if you've been selling an SMB mid-market transactional sale and you say, well, you know what? My ICP is actually you know, higher mid-market or enterprise. Do you have the people to even go execute on that? If not, then you have to have a different discussion, right? Like, is that the ICP we want to go after or do we need to change the people? The second would be the process. Same principle. If we're selling a transactional sale, it's very different than going in the enterprise and talking about security or talking about multiple stakeholders and the longer sales cycles. Do we have that process in place to actually drive towards that ICP? And then the last would be product, right? Do we have the product to support larger customers? And are we going to waste all of our resources trying to service this one really large customer because it seems sounds good and you get a lot of revenue out of it? Or is that going to drain our resources from everything else that we're trying to do? So I would look at those three things and then go back to, okay, once we've nailed those three, we're in a place to actually drive towards what we believe is our ICP. Then we can start to look at the data and say, are there different verticals and industries that are that are working well? Is there a company size is usually a good way to split it out? And then are there other things that we can look at as far as revenue or number of employees, potentially other softwares that they're using? And so we're able to, you know, tack on our value proposition based on those things. As you pointed out, aspirationally, you probably want to sell to everybody, right? And you especially want to sell big deals to large companies, but you might not have the right people, the right process, right product to get there. And and so really it's about alignment for who you serve and who gets value. So when I when I think about this, I feel like there's some confusion out there between total addressable market and ideal customer profile. I feel like some somebody's maybe get hung up on that a little bit. So, you know, of course it's another acronym, TAM, right? So TAM is really the theoretical audience maybe for who could buy your product, but ICP has more to do with who actually buys it and who actually gets something out of it. Is it sales or marketing that most often gets happy ears and wants to extend (laughs) the the ICP? Well, I think that that's interesting because, right, TAM is just so large. Like, well, in theory, we could capture all of this, but uh, 
as an, as you know, any investor would tell you the TAM is kind of irrelevant. Like you can't capture a full market. That's not realistic. Like, I think the key is thinking about what's actually a group of folks, you know, wh- whether that's 5,000, 10,000, 50,000, whatever, a group of companies that we believe are a good fit for our product at this time. And we have demonstrable ways to show that and prove that, right? We have case studies. We have a good story to tell. And then we can figure out exactly how to go after those people. And when you say who gets happy years, I think anybody would take, marketing would take a lead and sales would take a sale. But I do think that's where things like revenue operations and other folks need to come in to make sure that we're aligning all of those trains of thought. So marketing should only be bringing in leads that we believe we can sell and retain. And sales should only be selling deals that we believe we can retain. And so it should be all three departments that are thinking about the same thing. And that's long-term revenue. And so what does that mean? How quickly can we sign them up? How much can we sign them up for? And how much are they going to continue to spend year over year? Because uh, as we know, if we're just churning through customers because we're signing them up on the front end, but they're not a good fit for our product, that is a bad use of resources and will cause problems down the road. So hopefully you can have alignment between the three departments as to what that ideal customer profile is. And then you're getting feedback, right? Sales is coming back to marketing and saying, we said it was this, but this is what we're hearing from the market. We may want to adjust these filters. Maybe let's, instead of saying we'll go up to 5,000 people, let's only go up to 2,000 because we're finding that the, the sales cycles are too long. Maybe CS on the back end is saying, we thought that this was a good use case for these types of companies, but in reality, they have another use case that's better for them. So let's adjust our filters. So the feedback loop, I think, is important, especially as you said, at smaller growing companies. This is going to change as you hire more folks, as your goals and your objectives change for your company. Like you said, you'll probably start to move up market and you just have to change your expectations and um, your understanding of what that ICP is. Because one group may have one ICP and another may have another, right? So if we have a SMB team and an enterprise team, they have different ideal customer profiles that they're trying to bring in. Yeah, it makes sense. And that's the thing. I mean, with, with sales teams, you're talking to prospects and customers all the time. So is the, you know, CS team. And I think some marketers forget that they need to talk to their sales team, talk to their CS team, talk to customers to really truly understand what makes them tick. What are their pain points? You know, how to speak in a language that is compelling to, uh, you know, th- their specific need set. And so. You know, what, what other ways do you go about building this, this ICP other than maybe talking to customers, talking to, to sales reps, doing surveys? Yeah. I mean, what have you seen work well? Definitely data. Look back at your closed one business. Look back at your retained business that's, that's renewing and see if you can find patterns. That's typically the best way because then it's a little more objective, right? To use the data just to say, this is what's working and let's lean into those funnels. And yes, definitely talking to customers, but also talking to the market, maybe prospects like closed loss opportunities are also a wonderful place to gather information. Like why didn't this work? And is that fixable to where we want to keep this as our ICP? Or did we miss something when we were trying to drill into these types of accounts and where it's not our our products, not applicable, it's not resonating, whatever it may be. So don't just focus on the good, also focus on some of those things that aren't working and then try to understand if it's possible to to fix those and, and keep leaning in from an ICP perspective. Yeah, it makes good sense. So you're going you're to look at the data and what, what are the characteristics of the customers that are using your product and using it effectively and renewing with you 
and maybe have high levels of utilization or are more likely to buy some of the upsells or more seats. I mean, there's all, all sorts of those positive indicators, I would assume, that can be measured objectively. By the way, your case studies resonate a lot more when they're of the same industry. They're competitors, right? If, if I'm pulled out by outreaching you and I can mention that your competitor is using something to give them an advantage over you, you may not buy, but you're probably going to at least listen. <laughs> um, yeah. Let me just, right? Like, oh, my competitor is doing something. What are they doing? How is it working? Those are powerful, right? Those stories. Um, and maybe it's not a direct competitor. Maybe it's just somebody in the industry. Those are very applicable. And so it also makes the sales easier. Another thing is that typically people move jobs from one company to the next, right? Especially in like B2B SaaS. Uh, they're you know consistently moving roles and companies. And a lot of times, some of our best customers come from carryover, right? They go from one company to the next, and they bring along the tools that they're familiar with and have a lot of uh, really good experience with. We see a lot of that at sales assembly. A lot of our folks go to the next company, bring us along because they really want to build a foundation of training and development. And so, you know, if you're focused on one specific industry, it's much easier to get the snowball rolling people moving from job to job, people talking, having conversations about certain products, hopefully yours in your ICP. But if you are doing one in medical and one in finance and one in uh, government, it's harder for the, that cross-pollination to occur. Yeah, it makes sense. I mean, the, the way buyers buy now, they're looking for those industry level or personal level kind of proof, proof points. Have you solved my problem for somebody who's like me whether they're a competitor or not, they're, that's part of their research that they're going to do. Right. Exactly. And so, yeah, is it like me? But no, 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 I have this special case. It's like, yeah, no, we know, we understand that this other customer did as well. And we've solved for it by doing these things. Also, a lot of times in the industries, they share a lot of the same tech stack, which is a big thing that we're, we look at today. Mm-hmm. How do different tools integrate? How do they talk together? How do we pull the data from multiple tools? Now we're talking about obviously like AI and chat GPT. So like, is there ways that that could uh, you know benefit from having use cases across different industries? So we think of integrations, a lot of folks within the same industries use the same tools. And so now we can talk to that tool set integrations, how people are using them together. So again, like you said, people, folks like me, in many respects, is really something that's going to help to, to drive this. So any final thoughts on ICP, Brad? I would say continue to get out there, especially as you're, you're building your business. Use the data so that it's uh, much more objective than, well, I think that these customers are, are seeing value. And then uh, experimentation. If you're looking to get into a new market, don't go spending millions of dollars on your marketing and hiring, you know, five, 10 reps right off the bat. Put a tiger team out there, put a little bit of, you know, kind of marketing and maybe one or two reps and a BDR and, and see what kind of traction you get and then go from there. So, you know, dip your toe in the water before you jump into the pool. Yeah. Great sage advice, Brad. I really appreciate your expertise on this topic. Thanks again. Yeah. Thanks for having me, Chip. Great chat with you. Thank you for listening to this episode of Revenue Jam. If you want more practical tips and sales leadership advice, join us for our monthly live sessions. You can join in the conversation with Todd, Sam, Jen, and Matt every single month by going to lp.salesassembly.com slash live. And if you're looking to close the skill gaps across your entire go-to-market team, go to salesassembly.com today to schedule a call. We look forward to seeing you in the next episode.